When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. $500 condenser yeah. mics, like easy, but... Francesca has like a, a fucking nice fat like pod. Uh, it's what is it called? Roadcaster, and it's yeah, like, like to give her a nice fat roadcaster. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> bitch, that's my future wife, motherfucker. Unbelievable. Um, but do not talk about putting that in her pussy, okay? But anyways, it sounds good, but I sometimes I, I'll listen and I'll just be like, I don't know, this mic is better, dude. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. So, it's a Samson. Samson. I don't know if I'm just used to it or what, but yeah, I, I've tried other ones and none of them. Yeah. Like, anyway, so Samson, yeah. if you want to, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, sponsor us. That'd be sick. All right. <clears throat> Let's do this. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself a gun. gun. A Sopranos yeah, podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk, talk about, about, it. about it. Thank you hey, so much. Hey, I'm talking much. here. Hey, I'm talking Sopranos here. That's nope. not a podcast. Don't <laughs> listen to it. Because there's only one and you're listening to it. Thank you for listening to the world's only Sopranos podcast. Give us five stars and a review. Um, you know, we've had a lot of really great reviews recently. Um, a lot of people writing solid B plus, which, um, you know, sure. You don't all have to do it. <laughs> I feel like some of you could do another. I mean, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. You're at least doing something. They would say, hey, you don't have to do it every episode. But like, you no. Know, right. well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that is kind of on us. But. I, I've been loving the reviews. Keep them coming. Also, uh, a quick reminder that um, January 15th, that's a Saturday at 10 p.m., 
we are doing a live pod yourself a gun at the piano fight theater for san francisco sketch fest you can get your tickets at sfsketchfest.com uh we're gonna put a link in the show notes but you you gotta come to it we're gonna be doing this live dude and it's gonna be great we're gonna be talking about a specific sopranos thing uh i I don't think we've discussed what um but we are going to do it's going to be great and we're gonna we've been planning it for months and months and months and years and it's going to be really profesh and uh yeah it's going to be great come see us yeah it's going to be me it's going to be vince it's going to be producer blent blent flyberg brent flyberg producer uh and also a special comedian guest who uh i will reveal at a later date as well once i look at the lineup and see who we're booking um but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna do a live bada b story we're gonna do live clips it's gonna be great sfsketchfest.com get your tickets now okay today we are going to be talking about from sopranos season 6a episode 5 mr and miss john sacrimony request uh and our guest today is a wonderful podcaster he uh is a wonderful comedian you've heard him on stario chart the podcast you've also heard him uh on this podcast because he is the producer of pod yourself a gun ladies and gentlemen and everyone else our guest today is brent flyberg hi it's me blint flyblurt uh, so happy <laughs> to be here i was just having a conversation with my mom today about how like her name's Tanya, but it's spelled funny, so she's like mad at her dad because mm. everyone gets her name wrong. And she was like, "So that's why we gave you guys easy to pronounce names." And I and I told her everyone fucks up my name constantly. <laughs> it is a I weird get, tongue twister. It is, and and also like people people hear Brent and they assume Brett because that's the more common one. Oh yeah, to the point that I just respond to Brett. But you know what I get a lot is. Uh, Frank, like I will, someone will say, hello, what's your name? And I will say Brent and they'll say Frank. Hmm. Oh, that's and weird. I just, I just say yes now, but you yeah, have to fair. like, I have to, I feel like such a, a, a freaking twat. I don't know. You're not <laughs> don't a twat, dude. No, no. But when I say, when I like really enunciate so that people get my name right, I feel like a wiener when I'm like, hi, my name is Brent. Yeah. Yeah. Brent. Yeah. yeah. yeah, no, yeah. One syllable names are like hard, almost impossible to hear. Like when you're uh, ordering takeout or whatever, I always oh, say, yeah. I always say Vincent when I'm doing that. Cause otherwise, mm. yeah, the one syllable right. they're like, Ben Fitz, <laughs> yeah. Fitz. What I really right. like is when a, a telemarketer calls and they pronounce they can't pronounce my last name Lieb. They look at it and they go Lieb. <laughs> I like it because it makes me feel ethnic. Um, <laughs> where I'm just like, no, it's sorry, it's really hard to pronounce. It's actually it's German and uh, Yiddish, so you probably don't understand it. But uh, <laughs> it's Lieb, uh, and then you know, and then I feel like I don't know, like maybe maybe I'm a kind of a person of color in a certain way, you know. You guys ever yeah. feel that? Mm-hmm. Like Vince. Yeah. Have uh, you ever had someone oh, just yeah. ask you if you're white? <laughs> it's the I, best. It's the best. Someone it's happened to me a couple times where someone's like, Are you white or are you like something else? And I don't know what this person was thinking. Sometimes I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of tan, but like But this is, you know, let's, you know, hey, Sopranos. I gotta yeah. interview our guest about the Sopranos. Now mm-hmm. now, uh Brent, this is the second time that we've had you on uh, mm-hmm. Talking about an episode, and um, you know, uh, I gotta say, every time we have you, I'm always like, "This guy's fucking hilarious." 
but does he like the Sopranos even? You know, I would say I'm a fan. Yeah, I would say I'm a fan. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a pretty good, I think it's a pretty good TV show. All right. Uh, Fuck yeah. Well, welcome. I am, if I'm being honest, I'm worried that I am becoming a cliche. Uh, Oh, I feel you so hard. Where like, I think that when I, I don't know, I, I hate saying this, but I feel like I started watching Sopranos like right before it got really cool to watch the Sopranos. Uh, Totally, totally. hundred percent. Same. And now, yes. Being like, yeah, I'm, you know, a middle-aged, not middle-aged, 35 year old white guy who's a, a, you know, I do a Sopranos podcast. It does feel like, Uh, oh, I know there are uh, a bar. There's a bar in Brooklyn just full of me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I had to leave Brooklyn. Yeah. I I did. I really did. I was like, man, there's too many like obnoxious uh versions of myself o- overread intellectuals here that are not mm-hmm. that that are not, not me. They're not extroverted <laughs> enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say that like when we started this podcast, um The Sopranos was there were memes, but it wasn't like the meme wasn't leftists socialists love the sopranos <laughs> it was just like you know a bunch of accounts that had fucking you know gabagool. Uh, yeah gabagool jokes or they had like uh the chris with the neck brace on mm-hmm. you know it was like it, it wasn't that much of a thing um and now i'm like we got to get this podcast done because we are going to be a cliche very, very soon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, once this is over, we got to pick the next, like, cool leftist socialist commie show. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because <laughs> sure. we got to figure... This is just a podcast for people who like The Sopranos and banter. And Mao. Yeah. <laughs> and Mao. Sure. You have to like Mao and The Sopranos at the same time. Mm-hmm. You have All to right. wear a Bada Bing t-shirt and demand to take control of the means of production. Absolutely. Are, that's, that's what's going on here. Absolutely. You have to have, you're a little red bookmaker. Mm-hmm. You, you got to make a little red book, and then you got to make a little red sauce. You yeah, know? That's, you, yeah, that's better. That's better. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, this is not a socialist Maoist podcast actually it is no uh this is a sopranos podcast and we of course cannot start this podcast without first playing the theme song pod 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, uh, we are talking season six A of The Sopranos, episode six, Mister and Mrs. John Sacramoni request, which premiered. On April 9th, 2006, Vince, could you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Johnny Sack is granted permission to attend his daughter's wedding. Tony improves his personal security, and Vito's secret double life is exposed. All right. Wow, yep. big, big spoiler in the synopsis there, but okay. Yeah, I know. They really, uh, I would hate to have like pressed info on the remote and read that one. 
I would have been like, what the fuck, dude? You know when you guys remember pressing info on the remote? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now they got while, uh, yeah. Amazon Prime's yeah. got that whole X-ray where it tells you each actor that's on screen. That's pretty pretty helpful feature, I'd say. Dude, I worked for the company that first tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Unsuccessfully. I, this, uh, I think unsuccessfully. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe they sold all their data, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In before I was a comedian, it was my first job outside of uh, getting clean and sober. And it was, uh, yeah, it was the company where all I did was watch movies and then like make sure that the actor names lined up whenever mm-hmm. they were on or off screen. And that I was like, sick. "Does life get? Yeah, <laughs> life didn't did get any better than this, dude. It was so. Were it was, they good movies too? Did you have any some ch- of choice them? in the matter? <laughs> well, there was. It was like all movies. So like there would be like lists of movies. We, oh, we got because we get all the data from uh, like India. Uh-huh. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. like, oh, so you were like verifying. Yeah, I was doing uh, what do you got? QC. Um, got it. And uh, and I would choose, and I you know I saw some good movies, uh, and I saw some bad ones. It actually ended up being kind of a hell job because when you watch movies all day, it's not. I mean, I don't have to tell you, Vince. Watching movies all day, it's, it's it, it gets to be not fun. We'll say that. Yeah, I mean, just like too many, too much content. Yeah, but. You know, but this job rules. We love. We love Look, you were just sitting Sopranos. in that cubicle, dreaming of one day being able to talk about the Sopranos <clears throat> on a podcast, and now here we are. And here we are. Wow. We're living the the dream we've always had. That's right. Um, I wrote myself. The- uh, I actually wrote myself a check for the exact amount <laughs> of the Patreon m- money <laughs> in the hopes that I one day be able to cash cash it to, to catch a thousand dollars yeah yeah that's right that was i my wrote g- myself a drink ticket <laughs> that was my jim carrey moment yeah oh fuck we should have wrote more money on the fridge <laughs> fuck we fucked up look dream oh, modestly and you can achieve anything you want to I wrote myself a check for spaghetti, and now, <laughs> now I have spaghetti, and I wish I had asked for meatballs. Um, but before we get into you know the rest of this episode, we first need to know what happened at the time that this episode came out. Isn't that right, Vince? That is right, Matt. You cannot evaluate art uh, divorced from its cultural context, and we're going to provide that context for you. Uh, in a little segment that we like to call the Remember When Machine. What? What? Remember then, 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 then. Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Uh. Wow, it's crazy that uh, the band that sings that bumper got hired to play uh, John Sacramone's daughter's wedding. Isn't that crazy? Same yeah. band? <laughs> <laughs> same band same guys same guys same I don't guys i don't think it is but i'm gonna say it is um so yeah we're going all the way back to april 9th 2006 4906 when uh this episode premiered um a lot of things were happening at the time uh, mostly oh yeah 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 uh, for instance, Scooter Libby says U.S. President George W. Bush okayed leaks of secret CIA intelligence material. You guys remember? Uh, I I, guys remember I, I that know old the name Scooter Lib Libby dude. I mean, yeah, I, I just remember the name. I remember a guy named Scooter Libby, and looking back, it is uh like 
it's insane that we let that happen. Like a guy named Scooter Libby. <laughs> yeah. That he, sounds like a clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a liberal clown who's just he, like, pick up your trash. <laughs> he was uh, the assistant to Dick Cheney or an aide to Dick Cheney. I don't know. He did something for Dick Cheney and he leaked the name uh, Val- Valerie Plame. He outed oh, her. They did yeah. a whole movie called Fair Game. Remember that? I can't remember why mm. she did something that made them mad about the yeah. Iraq war. Was she a CIA agent? She was agent a CIA agent and and she was in like deep cover in uh mm-hmm. the Middle East or yeah, she Africa. She had one of those fake mustaches and a little bowler uh-huh. hat and uh like like Charlie Chaplin and she was just sort of <laughs> tramping no, tramping she, around. She, she did brown face. Uh, it was like white chicks. Uh, and then she was just like. She was reverse white chicks. She was yeah. doing a Damon Wayans in the Middle East. Uh, and It is me, an Arab lady. You know, she did a weird voice. Yeah. She was like, my husband. You know, and, she, and then Scooter Libby. So, he, yeah, he leaked her name in retaliation for some stuff. Uh, and then he went to prison. And, he went to prison? Yeah, he got. I forget, he got sentenced to, I forget how long, and then he got, George W. Bush commuted his sentence to 30 months. Uh, oh, I'm not fuck. sure how much he actually served. And then he was actually pardoned uh, <clears throat> by Donald Trump. Of course. Um, which, for unclear reasons, uh, and the, the quote of the New York Times, I don't know Mr. Libby, Mr. Trump said in a statement, but for years I have heard that he has been treated unfairly. Hopefully this full pardon will help rectify a very rectify a very sad portion of his life. And uh, wow. Like at some point you just realized that there was someone around Donald Trump who was just like um, had a list of people to pardon that would uh, make the libs mad. Yeah. Do you you think it was that or just a straight cash? I I have a theory about it. <laughs> I, I have a theory about why he was pardoned. Um, he actually wrote a novel called The Apprentice, uh, oh. which was released just after he went to prison. Uh, Libby's only novel, The Apprentice, about a group of travelers stranded in northern Japan in the winter of 1903 during a smallpox epidemic in the run up to the Russo Japanese War, was first published in a hardback edition by Gray Wolf Press in 1996. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, you it, think that oh, Donald Trump? Oh, oh, go ahead. I feel like he he saw that and he somehow misinterpreted he like, it as oh, like he wrote a book about me. Yeah, yeah he, this guy likes me. This guy's always been a fan. He's um, always writing books. <laughs> and if you want to know what the book is about, uh, this is a really good uh, synopsis from Wikipedia: an allegorical meditation on the legitimacy of concealed knowledge. The Apprentice has been described oh. as, quote, a thriller that includes references to bestiality, pedophilia, and rape. Uh, <laughs> that's oh. how it's been described. <laughs> it's yeah, such yeah. a weird way of phrasing that. It's, you could call it a thriller with bestiality. You could yeah, call yeah. it that. It yeah. has been described in many ways, mostly as a bestiality book with rape. But okay, this there is are sort other of adjectives. Topic. Can mm-hmm. I? But can I ask you guys if you, Matt, or sorry, Matt, have you seen the billboards by the Netflix building that are like Netflix? You should make this into a series. Have you seen these? It says like no. Netflix. You in? Okay. There's a. There are two billboards right by the Netflix building, which is near where I live, that are like Netflix. You in? And it's basically this guy 
pitching to Netflix his like spy novel series as a Netflix series, right? <laughs> cool. And it's bonker like one of it's got all these it's like dark secrets romance yeah one of the like bullet points bestiality is arching series yeah bestiality <laughs> one of the bullet points is arching series so i looked up the book to see like okay how many books are in this series and and there <laughs> there's one book released in 2014 these billboards <laughs> have been up for like a month. What is what is going on in this man's head? No, I get it. There could be more spend? though. That it's is a jumping a, yeah. off point. That is a normal Los Angeles resident, sadly. Yeah. That, honestly, it is. That's literally how Tommy Wiseau got the room to become a mega hit. Is he just his bought bio, a billboard? His bio on Amazon does mention that he's a black belt in karate. Oh, good. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course. This guy I'll, rules. I'm, that, I'm saying it here. If that guy wants to fight me, uh, <laughs> I, I'm up for it. If he wants to you promote challenge him to a fight, if he wants, yeah, if he wants guy. to promote his series to Netflix uh, by by fighting me uh, in a charity uh, MMA yeah, well, battle, well, no, not charity event, an event for the oh, yeah, patrons, an, <laughs> yeah, an event. Come in on, which we're trying I to make, make money off it. You're gonna fight, money. Vince. Yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to figure out what the hell Scooter Libby has been up to since all of this stuff happened, and uh, I cannot. No one seems to say. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Uh, uh, check like a to, farm because like that dude's think, fucking animals. I'd like to think he was like on the board of Theranos at one point. Oh, I, he definitely was. Mm, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, Scooter Libby. That's so, yeah. that flashback, dude. Scooter Libby, Valerie Plame, that whole thing. Uh, top movies in the country were Ice Age, The Meltdown. Uh, number two movie was The Benchwarmers. I remember that one. Uh, yeah, sure. Take the Lead, which was a dance movie that I don't remember at all, but yeah. Um, Inside Man and Lucky Number Slevin. I do remember that one. I think that was. I do. And I've always. That is just a title of a movie that's always made me mad. <laughs> yeah. Because I've been like, Slevin's not a name and Slevin's not a word. Well, it is his and... name. It's actually Josh Hartnett's name. No, is I get that? that. Okay. Come on, though. It's lucky Number Slevin. It just. I. It always It felt weird. I didn't like it. Go yeah. on. Yeah, I don't like it. Either. I always confuse that with, uh, I think it's called Smoking Aces. Luck, is, is that... Lucky number slicks. Yeah. Lucky number... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys know what movie slicks, I'm talking dude. about where Jeremy Piven is a magician and yeah. everyone's trying to kill him? Yeah, Joe Carnahan. It was just like a goofy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. People love those like action movies where they're not taking things too seriously. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Take it seriously. Show me Take that. Seriously. Make me believe this is action. action. Yeah, I'm trying to get my dick hard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> top so- pop song in the country was uh, Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Hell yeah. Which I believe was uh, written about Valerie Plame when she was, <laughs> <laughs> she was out there tramping around and then someone mm-hmm. pulled off her fake mustache and she was like, yeah, oh yeah. no, her, I'm ruined. fake beards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the top rock song was Speak by Godsmack. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's what was going on in the world when this episode came out. Now we're going to get into this episode a little bit. Uh, Like you said, Vince, uh, this is about Johnny Sack getting granted permission to attend his daughter's wedding. It's a wedding episode. And so for this week's Bada B story, um, I decided to pick... Probably the best wedding song, um, the number one wedding song of all weddings. I don't know who first mentioned this song. Oh, I know what you're going to choose. I think it was, but it, yeah. 
It was Brendan, right? Yep, yep, yep. It's yeah. Brendan's wedding song. Yeah, Frogcast Brendan has mentioned that Return of the Mac is mm-hmm. the wedding song of all wedding songs. And so, ladies and gentlemen, today I present to you Return of the Sack. <laughs> we don't have to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, we do. It's a wedding episode. I'll judge a louse like to go free to see Allegra get married. But right as she's about to leave, the feds take Johnny or Lee. You lied to me. The judge said I had till 1040. You lied to me. Johnny tried, Johnny tried. In front of my family, the feds arrest me. I'm, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit if you guys want. Okay. I'm gonna fast forward. Sure. You could fit the whole thing into my dick. That is dick inside of All right. <laughs> that's, that's the song. Um, Re- Return of the Sack. Uh, you know. I wish that you could talk sto- to Melfi about, like, instead of having a therapy session, you just uh, play 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 your <laughs> play your Bada B songs where you like yeah. descend into free association freestyle at the end. Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, there's a theme, right? Like, there's got to be something mm. to the fact that every time I finish like the lyrics and the track keeps going and i just go off the top of the dome and it's always about sucking dick (laughs) and eating eating cum and butts i don't know man i don't i don't even want to suck dick right (laughs) you guys believe me right Uh uh brent do you believe me i believe you man okay i I just i don't know if melfi will but i believe you like she doesn't well she's bad at therapy so um (laughs) All right, so general thoughts on this episode, the wedding episode of mm. the beautiful Allegra Sacrimony. Um, yeah, Vince. I think, yeah, I mean, people always say that The Sopranos is about toxic masculinity, and I think, you know, this one is the most directly about masculinity. Uh, it's about kind of how, how Tony, every day is a gift, but he, he still can't, uh, he, he still can't get over his body issues and his, oh no uh, no like he's basically pulling a kumail in this one like he's he's got a lot of <laughs> he's yeah. got a lot of body issues and eventually he has to destroy something beautiful 
uh, yeah. Fight Club, yeah. and um, you know he knows. And about you know Allegra, like the Sacramonies, both Jeannie and Allegra both have obviously weight issues, and then of course their sister, whose name I forget, but Christine. she oh. she is um, clearly anorexic, which I love. Yeah, you know, and she is uh, trivia the a- Andy Samberg's love interest in Palm Springs. And frankly, yeah. I thought she deserved an Oscar nomination for that role. I thought she. Oh, she's fantastic! I thought she crushed it, and uh, she's and she's also um, she was Leonardo DiCaprio's first wife in the movie um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street oh. before he, oh. yeah, there before he go. moves moves on to Margot but Robbie. Every year, oh, she's also the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, there you go. Is she? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Every... Did you just spoil How I Met Your Mother? <laughs> Kind of, yeah. But if you, I mean, first of all, if you haven't seen it, don't. And, and second of all, that was like That's seven fair. years ago. Let it go. Sure, sure. Every I mean, year we still they get do for doing spoilers on this. They one, do so. the same thing with movies where they release all of the like movies that they're trying to push as awards movies in the same like six week period, and yeah. then people make their stupid top ten list. And like you think that people that do this stuff for a living wouldn't be that big of shills but like every single top 10 list every year it's all it's all movies people got a mailer for everybody who got like it they it's like they're only allowed to pick uh, movies and performances that they got an fyc for your consideration uh mailer for and they like forget shit like christine miliotti in uh in palm springs and uh it's weird it's weird or this year alicia vikander in green knight who was in oh, my mind, great. like clearly the best. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. do that every also, year, and it drives me nuts. I feel like the uh, the cum in Green Knight exactly. should get an Academy Award. Yeah, just the cum. I got, I got a because uh, that's future people. I forget what movie it was, but you know they send weird swag for movies. I, I I've been wanting sure. to do like a sketch about the guy who just uh, decides what weird swag is going to go with what movie yeah. where they're like tick tick boom uh, uh, uh sweatshirt uh bottle opener uh, uh <laughs> coaster but one of them sent like this big white scented candle i don't remember what <laughs> was it white lotus i don't know i don't know because that's a tv show i don't remember oh, yeah, what point. movie it was but all i could think was i wish they did that for green night and it was and it was just like the cum, cum. like it was made out yeah. of a fake cum <laughs> it's a cum scented candle yeah Honestly, a cum-scented candle is not the worst idea I've ever heard. Because, like, sometimes, do you guys ever just walk around somewhere and you go, is that cum? You guys ever- <laughs> I think that's related to your freestyle, maybe. It's like, possible. does it make your mouth water? Well, yeah, obviously, but that's just because of the salt. Yes, yeah, sure, um, sure. It's very savory, yeah. Very savory. It's a savory flavor. But sometimes I'll, I'll be, like, yeah, I'll be walking around. That's I'll be cum- like, kumami. Is that is that cool? <laughs> it's kumami yeah uh, uh anyways um yeah this is a, an episode about uh toxic masculinity um absolutely i mean it's an episode about body shaming it's an episode about uh you know feeling weak um mm-hmm. in front of uh, uh in front of people who it's about uh, how men at- aren't allowed to show their feelings to other men otherwise they won't be respected by them they're not allowed exactly. to show weakness it's so sad you know tony yeah. also talk about his wounds. i do i do mm-hmm. think it's sort of about how everyone's by 
I think that's after watching it a couple of times. Because all the, like, loving, like, longing shots of muscles. Like, Tony is, like, also, like, he's feeling all of these things about, like, his own masculinity. But I think there is a little bit of a, like, he's attracted to these dudes. Yeah. And he doesn't, he 100% cannot process that. So, it of course, it turns into, like, weird violent urges. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that is, you know what? That's not a bad point because well, he definitely is like longingly looking at Muscles Marinara's arms. Mm-hmm. And, and then Polly the touches them a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh, well, I think the whole mafia thing, it's like, uh, you know, men, we spend our formative years in these quasi like homoerotic uh, group relationships, like, you know, playing, playing sports mm-hmm. with other men, mm-hmm. like being podcasting. in a dorm with other men, podcasting <laughs> with other men. And I think uh-huh. like this, I mean, the, the mafia, as we've discussed, is sort of this way to continue being uh, like a, like a like young a man. Boy. Yeah. You get to, it's like yeah. a frat boy. It's like a fraternity for adults. And um, it makes sense that Tony would have all these, Tony and his friends would have all these sort of thoughts about each other because that's yeah, kind of like it's very part yeah. and parcel to the whole uh, the the El Cosa Nostra, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, they the, sh- uh, it, the schlong of ours. Yeah, <laughs> there is something uh, semi-gay about the mafia. It is a group of men. I mean, hey, literally not for nothing, out- but the mafia is a little gay. It's a little. Hey, I mean, fellas, which is, is it gay if you uh, join your friends in a money laundering strip. slash extortion <laughs> ring together? Yeah, yeah as long as and the balls your don't touch. Is a strip club, and you're constantly <laughs> getting boners right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, that's that so, to me the strangest thing is it's like it's a bunch of dudes who like hang out and like get horny together, and they go mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you know." Wouldn't it be fun to fuck something? And I, you're just waiting for one of them going like, "Yeah, but why's it always got to be a woman?" Um, yeah, you know. No, that's gay. We just got to pound fists while we while we pound ass next to each other. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is. Yeah, I'll just look into your eyes and hold your hand. <laughs> yeah, sing that amore. Um. Yeah. Oh, Paul, you're really giving it to a good over there. Way to go. (laughs) And all pasta is phallic. Because, like, (laughs) you you got every pasta is just a different shape of a dick. Corkscrew dick, tube dick, penne dick, needle dick. dick. Yeah, Yeah, flat dick. Like, they're all like, hey, what if I put all these dicks in my mouth? Hey, I like women. Do you? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Especially when they have white sauce. Come on. Uh, Come, 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 come. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) General thoughts. I thought this episode was great. I love a wedding episode of, uh, you know, The Sopranos. I like weddings and mafia um, Mm -hmm. movies uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like, I don't know, they're iconic. And what I think I loved about this episode was watching the sacrimony wedding and realizing that like it was it's just a collection of different like they planned it by watching both the godfather and goodfellas like the from the music taste to the dresses to like the the who like fucking frank sinatra jr is there singing songs and uh and it just and then finding out that he spent nearly half a million dollars yeah (laughs) For 
the most Olive Garden ass wedding <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ever. That's that was what I got hung up on was like this is the this is the most generic four hundred thousand dollar yes yes like everything about this like from the the song that they dance to yeah they to, come like, out to at last cake. yeah they're pushing cake in each other's mouths and this it's oh, it's just is that, the it, most cookie cutter bullshit is that not I, the worst wedding tradition of all time when people put. Cow cake on each other's faces like oh who thinks that is cute my god i've always i've always hated food play revolting sexual or non-sexual yeah and the whole time i'm like will you hurry up so i can have some fucking cake like stop cramming it in each other's faces (laughs) and meanwhile meanwhile the song that's playing in the background is one of those songs that sticks in my mind i'll sometimes just find myself singing this as i'm like walking around doing chores i have a clip of it Oh God! It's like there's <laughs> more. John, gonna have to wrap. It's just like that fucking song. It's like <laughs> it's like a it's like a CIA uh, psychological uh, warfare <laughs> yes. tactic. Like just to, I was <laughs> just to have like a Dean Martin impersonator following you around and narrating everything you do. If I was fucking the prisoner in, in, wipes in, his ass. <laughs> the prisoner wipes his ass. Yeah. Hey ho, Guantanamo. <laughs> the prisoner wipes his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like torture, and. Honestly, like the bride cuts the cake. I've always wanted the second verse to be the cake cuts the bride (laughs) just to see a cake murdering someone. I just I don't know why. He's like a uh, cheesy in my head. Cheesy Guido uh, Randy Newman. Well, isn't that that's Frank Sinatra Jr. I thought it was an impersonator, but I don't. Maybe you're right. I I, I assume that was check this Frank Sinatra. He has been in an episode before, right? He's in the poker game. Yes, he has been. And okay. Let's see. We got to look this up. I don't see any. I did a. So, yeah, he's in the Sopranos. For, I didn't see him in this episode, though. Oh, maybe that wasn't him. He was uh, yeah. in the Happy Wanderer. I thought mm-hmm. it was a like a just like a bad impersonator. It might have just been a bad impersonator, uh, which is, I mean, even Good worse. Matter. Even or worse. like some kind of bargain basement Dean Martin where you're pretending to be a guy whose shtick was pretending to be drunk. God. All of that all of it's that grim. and half half a million dollars just to get that is just Ugh God. Now I, I need to find out who that guy was because Yeah, and hire him I, to play your wedding. Dude, <laughs> see, that's the other thing about like this this episode for me that really like I don't know, stuck with me is that like I'm planning a wedding right now and I'm like trying to like keep like thinking about all of the things I got to do and all the and like the one thing that I don't have is someone singing the cut the cake song and and maybe I should hire this guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to see you He looked pretty old. Yeah, he, he never did know. look very old. Yeah. Maybe Hold you on, could get I'm an just... impersonator of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking for wedding wedding singer. Okay. 
Yeah, no, it was uh it was not. Nope. It it was definitely not. It was just some guy. Well, anyways, that that scene is um is disturbing. But uh let's let's start from the beginning. This episode opens with um Rusty aka Frankie Valley mm-hmm. um getting an in- is? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Frankie Valley who has a What's, bit part on The Sopranos as Rusty. Is it just um, me or does he have very weird ears? I got very focused on his weird ears. I didn't never notice his ears. Mm. I did he's, notice his size. He's got kind of a ventriloquist dummy, not only size but like yeah. face. Yeah, so I yeah. believe he's got weird ears. Yeah, he's like ventriloquist dummy meets like a Ferengi from Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, he's a weird. He's he's definitely like he could fit on your knee, and <laughs> you could make him say things for sure. Like he's a little little guy, um, very talented. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so he gets invited to John's daughter's wedding, um, and uh, this whole episode is there's this through line of what's going to happen with Rusty because Rusty mm-hmm. is he was a guy who was kind of backing Lil Carmine to take over yeah, New York he... when. Um, Carmine Senior died. He's little Carmine's macaroni Machiavelli. He is, you know, (laughs) the guy behind the guy pulling the pulling the little uh, linguine noodle in his back and making him exactly. Yeah, the puppet has become the puppeteer. I didn't watch the the episodes like before this in this season, so I don't know how I was so confused at the beginning of this episode because I forgot who he was. Oh yeah, like it seems so strange to me. First of all, the first scene is five seconds long and it's just him being opening the invitation and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. And oh, this, like what, this now yeah. six weeks later. And then the <laughs> yeah. episode starts and I was yeah. like, what was that? Who even is that? And they, at various points they talk about him, but they never use his name. So I, I had to watch it twice to figure out who they were talking. Oh about. yeah. Yeah. The mayor of Munchkinland, yeah. um, <laughs> which uh, is, I think a fantastic thing to call mm-hmm. him. I have a clip. I was up by John. He sends his regards. He'd like you to do him a favor, though. What now? Our friend there, the mayor of Munchkinland. John wants him gone. It's such a biting fucking name to call him the mayor of Munchkinland mm-hmm. and being like, can we murder the mayor of Munchkinland? <laughs> It's, it's always insult to injury when it comes to mafia hits because they got to call you by some code name and it's usually something like, uh, you know, fat pussy or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and get him a poison lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as coroner, I must avert, you know, that part. I always love that coroner. He was, uh, you know. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the through line is. That uh, went like, right Tony, over my head. You've never remember it's like the 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 house has fallen on the wicked witch of the east and everyone is like the, oh the witch is dead and they're singing a song and then all of a sudden the cur- the coroner comes out and he sings and she's not only merely dead she's really most sincerely dead that uh-huh. doesn't nah you know? I mean it sort of rings a bell now that you say it but I'll never forget that guy because it was like they needed him to like stop the music to like certify her as dead uh-huh. which i thought was cold because like she's got a house on her sure sure yeah you know that well, bitch is dead with witches you never know you do never know with witches 
But um, so yeah, the Rusty storyline is essentially Rusty, you know, gets the envelope, and then Philly Leotardo goes up to Tony and is like, uh, "Hey, we need him dead." And Tony is says no because he's tired of doing all these favors for John. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at, at the wedding, John finally confronts Tony and asks him directly to do this thing. Um, in probably my favorite scene of the episode, the one where they go to the old the old folks table in order to have this conversation kind of like away from the feds and stuff, like pretend we're talking, you know, to these old people. And meanwhile, as they're having this conversation, they all it's just like old people dialogue in the Sopranos is so fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like every writer on that show is like, Oh yeah, I know I have a, you know, a, a demented grandmother and I, I will, I will pull from that experience. But uh, yeah, I have a clip of, of that. How you doing here? You having a good time? Which one are you? My friend Tony, pup. Hey, I'm going to uh, say a few things, and uh, these pricks are watching, so I'm going to make it like I'm talking to your dad in there. What you asked me to do with the little guy, I can't do it. This fucking prick. What did he say? He's a cancer. I can't let it spread. Well, you're going to have to use one of your own doctors. You should call Dr. Cuomo. We're just talking here, Aunt Louise. Uh, don't eat that pepper. When Carmine died. What? Rusty could have been boss. He should have been. Don't need your help, Tony. Don't eat that Some of these guys, my captains, they find out I'm behind the move against them. Make things worse. Can't take that risk while I'm in jail. Stay out of trouble. So I'm supposed to put myself at risk. She had the same fucking jail cell as you. What did he say? I mean, these guys are really the stars of the scene. Yeah. yeah. And I like just on a conceptual level, like I love that the whole sort of thrust of this episode is like, wow, can you believe the disrespect that these uh that the government is showing sending these US marshals to my daughter's wedding and it's like the one that you're literally planning a murder at that wedding? Right. They- <laughs> yeah, when they're planning the wedding and he's like, I've been I'm being so persecuted. It's like yeah. I don't it, I think I think you're just being held accountable for crimes, sir. I yeah. Think that's yeah. what this is. Uh I also love in that scene that um Johnny Sack's dad just says which one is this? Which yeah. is such a great like like when your dad meets your friends, you know, uh-huh. like my dad used to refer to some of my friends as like Mophead and the tall kid. Like they're not going to learn a name. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember like when you were a kid and there would be either your parents or one of your friend's parents that didn't like one of your friends. And it seemed, oh, yeah. it seemed like so unfair. Cause you're like, I can, can you believe that the, these parents are have you know they've made these uh, assumptions about one of my friends, and now that I have like a a stepson who brings friends around the house, there's definitely friends around. Oh like, yeah, oh, don't bring that kid around here. Anymore. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, kid. I can tell. I know the good seeds from the yeah, bad. Yeah, I don't seeds, like that kid. And that at all. kid, he kills cats yeah. for sure. Did, did you feel like your parents were right about which of your friends were like not were like uh, you shouldn't have been hanging out with? Because I do feel like my parents 
were wrong. Like they, I had one friend who they really hated, who's still like a really good friend and a great dude. And then they, they loved this other kid who, you know, got addicted to opiates and I got in a lot of trouble. With yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with getting addicted no, to I opiates. I mean, that happens. I definitely, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, like I no never, judgment. I never had that specific issue because I live way out in the country. So there weren't a lot of people mm-hmm. like hanging out at my house, but I definitely remember like taking friends on like family uh, vacations. And it was always like, I, I, I was always like, oh, why can't you be more like so-and-so? And, uh, like the oh. people that they, the, the people that family members would like, you know, bust my balls and playfully suggest I should be more like, were the ones were always like the ones who ended up like in jail or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ones that very much didn't turn out to be good people. I've realized that I was that kid for a lot, oh, a lot of sure people. I'm sure I was that kid. I, I was that kid because like, I, I just have this like, constant thing that would happen to me um whenever i would go to a friend's house which is i would always at some point get yelled at by their parents <laughs> because i just broke something because i would break things and i wouldn't do it on purpose it was just like lamps were always near me so i couldn't help like and, and it was always like well what stop putting lamps near me but eventually i realized that i just was drawn to lamps and weird arm movements so and and also like if Ichabod like, Crane was a moth <laughs> just like all elbows and Adam's apples knocking shit over all the time <laughs> essentially and I was like, just I also, buzzing around the light I don't know yeah, yeah. I was just looking at it and the next thing I knew I hit it with my hand um no but like I also didn't understand like there was always something where I would fuck up like a weird faux pas that is only very like specific to that family. Like I opened up the copy of Schindler's list that was not for opening. <laughs> and it was just like, I was like, it was well, a collector's why? item, Matthew. It was like, they had, there was this one family that had a cop. They had two copies of Schindler's list apparently, but what the one that was in where you take the videotapes out was like covered in plastic. And I was like, let's watch Schindler's. List. And then I like opened it and I got yelled at. And I was just like, why what do you have you like an, un- why did you want to watch Schindler's List so bad? Oh, because you want to hear. I mean, people said it was good, and well, it, it had was like two tapes too. Yeah, yeah, I had titties, and uh, I just was like, "Fuck it, dude, let's let's do it." I want to see this. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I was that kid for a lot, and at the end, I think the parents were right because I did get addicted to opium. <laughs> so that's on me, but. Um, yeah, so eventually at the end of that scene with Rusty or with uh, Johnny Sack, um, Tony agrees to do it, and Chris kind of questions his judgment. Um, and in order to get into this Tony storyline, we got to start back at the beginning here. Because we start off with Tony's first day back at work. And um, we meet for the first time Perry Annunziata, who is this young italian aka penne arrabbiata aka the marinara muscles marinara muscles marinara the italian strong man yeah aka first runner-up mr teenage bloomfield (laughs) just like they call me muscles marinara on this podcast so (laughs) very i like this character you know yeah i mean you are muscles marinara you're basically the same thing uh, and you're also a little bit Pene Arabiata because, you know, you uh, I mean, you're you're Armenian, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the same as Arab. <laughs> I don't same know how you got that from Arabiata, but all right. Isn't that what Arabiata means? <laughs> no. Doesn't it mean like it's, Arabian? It's like angry. It's, I think yeah. it translates to angry <laughs> penis. 
Oh, <laughs> well, all right. Um, oh, that's a good point, actually. Penne is the word for penis. I'm telling you, mafia gay. Um, <laughs> or Italians. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, but yeah, so uh, anyways, we meet him and uh, he kind of like, Carm kind of embarrasses Tony um, in front of him by being like, oh, I feel like a mother on the first day of school and like giving him little <laughs> kisses and shit like that, like almost wanting to pack him a lunch. And, um, you know, basically he's being like, y- you'll keep him safe, won't you? You know, he's just a fat little meat wad, just a big <laughs> ball of dough. And um, they're in the car. And Tony does the thing where I think, you know, I've I've done it, too, where I'm like next to someone who's got a really nice physique 
and I've just been like, yeah, I've been thinking about working out too. <laughs> yeah. I think the Republican dad version of that is like, oh yeah, I thought about joining the military one time too. Like I was totally, <laughs> yeah. totally going to do yeah. that. Yeah. But you know, I have flat feet, so I yeah. couldn't, yeah, but, yeah. um, I was going to be a seal except, uh, I couldn't yeah. enlist cause I was going to work at my dad's insurance agency instead. Yeah, but so I used to I w- be able to swim pretty far, even with a head cold. So you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's sitting there and he's just like telling him like what he used to be able to bench press and uh, you know trying to trying to do like muscle man conversations. Like, hey, so uh, do you lift? And he's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, uh, what do you bench press? And he's like, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Mostly I- I have sandwiches. A- <laughs> sandwiches and broads uh you know i don't know i get most of my, my uh, working out done uh fucking broads so take that um so yeah he you know he's he's telling him all this shit and of course muscles marinara is making him feel weak and nothing makes him feel more weak than when he shows up to satrials and uh everyone is being extra nice to him you know they're like yeah. giving him a little bialy you know, they're like fucking, um, scooping in fact, the onions out of it, they're scooping the onions out, which I love. I have a, I have a clip of, uh, Tony getting the Bialy. Sit Tony, clear your spot. We got you your Bialy. As soon as we heard you were coming in today. Look that joke, so it's hot. Ah. Oh, fuck. The onions, uh, I can't, uh... Oh, scoop out that Bialy. Sorry. I mean, just the idea of like babying him so much that like asking someone else to scoop out the onions in a Bialy is just like it's it's quite emasculating. And you can Mm -hmm. tell that he wants to have these conversations about like, you know, how bad it was at the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. because he just like spent weeks there and almost died. And like all he can talk about is like the the open the vac healing process of them like you know with an open incision and like the dermis yeah 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 the outer dermis layers got pulled meanwhile um he laments the fact that while he was in the hospital he lost muscle mass and not weight (laughs) i feel like they had to put that in there to explain the fact that they they have a character uh, who was just spent like weeks in a coma who is still like clearly 300 pounds in real life. <laughs> that is, that is true because you, you do also lose weight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that is a thing. You lose muscle mass. Absolutely. It's, but you lose weight. It's like that, uh, in, in the movie, thank you for smoking. When the tobacco exec is trying to pitch the idea of people like smoking in space, and the first 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 thing anyone says is like, oh yeah, but you can't, you couldn't do, you can't light up in space. It's uh, all oxygen in there. It would probably make the spaceship explode. And then uh, Rob Lowe's like, what are you talking about? That's one line of di- one line of dialogue. Oh yeah, that's why we invented the such and such. And oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like <laughs> this is that one line of dialogue for w- explaining yeah. why Tony is not skinny after being in a coma. It's like, oh yeah, it turns out you don't lose fat. You yeah, only yeah. lose muscle mass. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was, but it, it, it makes sense thematically because he is kind of mourning the fact that like he's he's still a fat fuck and he's lost muscle mass. He can't even walk up the stairs without fucking heavy breathing. 
Um, and he's surrounded by what he describes as jackals, like a bunch of people who are like, mm-hmm. as soon as anyone shows any weakness, they pounce. And yeah. um, well, he's showing it makes yeah. him nervous. I think, yeah, he gets a very clear lesson in the kind of people he's dealing with. Like he gets an inkling of it in this scene. And then when he sees them all immediately turn on uh, Johnny Sack, like it really uh, it puts a puts a period on that. Like, obviously, yeah. you cannot you can't. These are not your friends. You can't show any weakness in front of them ever. Yeah. No, yeah. It's and a he, bad sign if they're treating you like you're their grandma. That's how he yeah. feels in that scene. He's like Carmel is treating him like a little kid and then they are treating him like a grandma to the point where he yeah. starts talking about medical stuff and everyone's like, all right, whatever. Hey, Nurse <laughs> yeah. Betty over here. Yeah. And and it's, you know, literally he talks about how he was doing uh, fucking home care for his grandmother, I believe. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that and by the way i don't know who that character is he's just another fat mob guido mm-hmm, but yeah. um i did he did kind of remind me of bobby i felt like if you're just a bobby fat bald was, guy in a tracksuit you could probably just show up there and start and talking like, like you're one of the set, guys and everybody yeah. would just assume you're someone else's friend yeah i mean I, I there was did you notice was bobby in this episode at all yeah yes, i'll definitely. tell you where he was in this episode uh, is when he does a slam dunk while yeah, they're playing the basketball, <laughs> which is probably the least realistic thing that's ever happened on The Sopranos. That's right. <laughs> the hoop is definitely low, but I, I have to. I, I'm impressed with how well Bobby moves for how big he is. He looks like he's athletic. I was impressed. Yeah, I, 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 I did note. That's right. That he does do a slam dunk, and I will say that beyond the slam dunk, I agree with you completely. He moves kind of quickly for a, a big fat man, mm-hmm. um, which probably explains why he's still alive today. Like maybe most of that is muscle. You ever think about that, mm-hmm, Vince? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so that character, anyways, kind of it felt like a Bobby character, uh, very like empathetic, talking about, hey, it could have been in healthcare. Um, and uh, yeah, so Tony is obviously he's, he's feeling weak. He's feeling his age. And uh, the, his I had two potential common. career paths: taking care of people like old people, and uh, you know, beating up, uh, beating up gamblers for money. So, yeah. uh, you know, I eventually I chose the latter, but uh, who knows? It was yeah. touch and go for a while there. Yeah, yeah. I really, I had two applications in front of me: <laughs> one for a university, a night school where I would learn to be nursing, <laughs> and another that just said "the mafia" on top. <laughs> And you you put your name on it, and then you apply to it. And I chose the one on the right because you know what, I can't read or write. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, the his weakness kind of culminates with um, yeah the scene at the wedding where Johnny Sack is forced to um, get metal detectors at his daughter Allegra's wedding, and uh, he fucking you know uh, has everyone go through and get like patted down and metal detected and while tony's going through they ask him to take off his shoes and uh while he's trying to tie his shoe he he passes out right in front of everybody and uh it's you know it's one of the more i i don't know i would say that it's the weakest he's ever looked to in front of that many people and that's Mm -hmm. when he starts getting like a little bit nervous about what's going on and you think you think that that whole time, like, oh fuck, man, this is uh, this is bad for him. He's gonna look like the weakest person at the wedding. 
But that is not the case because uh, if we get into Johnny Sack's storyline for a little bit, Johnny Sack uh, has a has a breakdown mm-hmm. in the middle of the wedding, right at the end, uh, and it's it's fucking. <laughs> It's, I think, probably the best performance for that actor who plays Johnny Sack, um, whatever his, what's his name? Vincent Curatola. Vincent Curatola. Like, he does, I think he does a wonderful job throughout the series, but yeah. I, oh, it's no. Definitely he's, like, he's getting to do the most in this episode. Yeah, but, the, the, but him crying is like, because it, it's one thing to like have the character like cry at some point. Um, but he sold the crying as particularly pathetic in a way that like I I thought was, I don't know. I thought it was like a fucking brilliant cry. So, uh, I, I, I have a, I have a clip of what happens. Mom, you came this close to almost making your goal. Have a great time, sweetheart. I'll call you when we land. Say hi to Don Ho. Let's go, John. What? Wait a second. Let's go. Stand back, please. Don't you let my daughter leave at least. Come on. I will not ask you again. <laughs> John? Culminating with Jeannie passing out is just, uh, it really puts the nail in the coffin for Johnny. Cause I feel like that was like, even Jeannie knew, oh, he's fucked. Right. He cried. He didn't just well, cry. He cried like a bit. Well, it's not that he just cried or that he cried like a bitch. It's also, I think it's also that he cried at, uh, he cried at like something the government was doing. Like he cried because yeah. like the, uh, he basically, he he allowed the uh the feds to to break him psychologically which i feel like is part part of the whole thing of uh mm-hmm. the mafia they're trying to maintain this thing of like oh yeah if i ever if i if i'm ever if i ever get caught i'm not going to like tell on my pals so right yeah it's like he's sort of yeah. it's sort of he he's like he's sending the message that he would not be able to maintain omerta uh un- under government pressure basically right yeah and that's it, like almost exactly what phil leotardo says is like if they can make him cry like that what else can they make him do yeah yeah and i have a, i have a clip of that because it, it also is a, another clip with a really funny button at the end um and yeah here it is my estimation of john sacrimony as a man just fucking plummeted give him a break will you it's an emotional day. To cry like a woman? It's a fucking disgrace. His fucking coach turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> well, even Cinderella didn't cry. But when it comes to daughters, all bets are off. I've seen tougher guys than John cry at weddings. Well, let me ask you this. If they can make him cry, and if he's that weak, what the fuck else can they make him do? I gotta agree with Phil, though. Oh, you do, do you? Terrible out there, huh? Poor guy. He's an emotional man. Loves his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that Phil Leotardo, who's been Johnny's most loyal lieutenant throughout this whole thing, 
Yes. Uh, like this is the first time he's noticed that Johnny Sack is kind of a fussy, like emotional, sensitive yeah. man. Like he's really? a fop. Yeah. He's been a fop yeah. the whole time. Yeah. He's foppish. He like, yelled the at dude... the FBI for getting him patent leather shoes. <laughs> yeah. He was like, have you, read, you read a, a GQ? <laughs> yeah. Have you read a GQ in the last three years? Like, like this has always been who Johnny Sack was. And it just kind of speaks to that. I don't know. That weird kind of, um, I would say, like, there's, like, a blindness to, like, mafia people when it comes to um, masculinity, where there's, like, they, they kind of, they, there's certain lines that you can't cross. Like, you can't cry. You can't let the feds make you cry. Um, but it's, like, other than that, a lot. it's, like, when it, everyone was, like, John Travolta should play Gotti. It's, yeah. like... John Travolta. Well, it's this, yeah. it's this very peculiar, like peacocking uh, conception of masculinity, where yeah, like to to understand the right kind of shoes to wear to a wedding and to wear right. wear like a suit coat without your arms pushed through the sleeves. That's considered like very masculine somehow. But uh, <laughs> but you know, if you cry or eat pussy, then you're less than a man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's these weird lines where crying or eating pussy is like, oh, that guy is he must be gay. But uh, everything else, yeah, but, like, but Polly can like you know do his nails and that's yeah. fine, right? Yeah, he can get regular manicures and uh, you know fucking fashion. I mean, you know, and that's not me agree. I'm not saying I'm glad it's they're yeah. very progressive, is what I'm saying. <laughs> in some um, specific ways, in some weird specific ways, they have like a blindness where they just like they they allow a lot of stuff that. I think a lot of middle schoolers would vehemently disagree with and say <laughs> is actually super gay. Yeah. But, um, you know, so they're better than middle schoolers is what I'm saying. Definitely. Uh, the other um, thing about that clip that I really like, I, on the first watch, I didn't appreciate Phil Leotardo. And now, like, rewatching this episode. Yeah. What he, Phil, Phil Leotardo rules. He's such a perfect little shark. Yeah. Because yes. you, you see him where he's he's immediately having this conversation to undermine his closest ally. And then a stranger mm -hmm. walks by and he's immediately, yes. he's yeah. already like spinning it in a way yeah. that is beneficial to him. He's a very emotional man. You know Yeah, I mean? right. Like that line, he's so on all the time. It's, it rules. Yeah. No, he's he's really good. And, and it's also, um, I feel like he is that the actor um and what's the actor's name <laughs> frank frank vincent frank vincent yeah frank vincent is like uh, i think one of my favorite things about his face is and they've mentioned this on the sopranos that he has this very um he looks like the shah of iran which uh, essentially <laughs> just means um he he looks like a fucking he looks like when you ever watch Jurassic Park and then you see like the fucking velociraptor, but like his head straight forward, like he mm. looks like a velociraptor. Yeah, he looks like when you're drawing a, a bad guy uh, <laughs> yes. in school, like he has the eyebrows that you would draw on a, on a guy yes. to indicate that he was a bad guy. He's got, He's also got uh, an amazing hairline. Guy's got like a three incredible. head. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got he's got eyes very close together. He's got both bird and reptile like features. <laughs> that makes it so that when something happens, like when Tony fell down, uh, it, it, whenever he shoots a look, mm -hmm. he looks like he's gonna drink your blood. Yes. And he's got real predator face. Very very much a predator face, and it makes him uh yeah, it just makes him fucking great and. Uh, yeah, so that that 
turns people on Johnny Sack and um and Tony is getting nervous because he notices that fucking you know um Chris you know has been questioning everything he's been doing and saying like mm-hmm. he is not cool with them farming out the hit on Rusty he's not even cool with him agreeing to do the hit for Rusty um the hit on rusty and then now you know he's saying oh i have to agree with phil about the fact that like a grown man crying while getting arrested is uh is bad because let me tell you have you guys ever been arrested no mm-hmm. it's just surprising you cry yeah. <laughs> that's what happens mm-hmm. you cry the yeah. whole you get way yelled at by your parents on the porch yes. afterwards and you cry then for sure you cry it is what happens man i was arrested by mall security when i was in fifth grade for stealing a sweater and i had to go all the way up to the top of the robinson's may and rather than taking the elevator um they made us use the escalator and it was just two, me and my brother, two little kids in cuffs, Ugh. crying, three floors up, slow-ass escalator, just crying. And <laughs> I tell you, Johnny Sack is the same way. I I, I feel for him. Actually, as, as I take it back. Saying. Now that I, now that I think about it, I did get taken to the police station uh, my sophomore year in, in high school for TPing our history teacher's house. You then, you got taken to the police station by what? By cops? By cops, like yeah, a, yeah. Okay, yeah. but they didn't book you? No, they didn't book us. They just called their parents. Oh, it's mm-hmm. worse when they do that. I'd yeah. rather spend a night in jail than have my mom drive over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. Anyways, um, so he's feeling nervous, and he asked Melfi about it because he's now back in therapy with Melfi, and he wants to move on from like this whole I got shot thing. He mostly just wants to talk about how AJ sucks, uh, <laughs> which that's in like the first scene with Melfi where he says like he works at Blockbuster. First stop on the Shitbird Express. <laughs> Why which... can't he copy some of the good things about me? Which is like the <laughs> yeah. eternal parent dilemma. Like, oh, shit, they're going to get all of my traits and not just the things that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, you know. I, I'm not too worried about that because I'm mostly awesome. But I do know that like all of my kids will be addicted to drugs. But that's fine because <laughs> by then, you know, we'll have figured out like how to do drugs good. Anyways, so uh, in, uh, in the second clip with Melfi, we have her um, giving him some advice about, uh, you know, how he's been feeling weaker. The point is they made me take off my shoes and I nearly passed out in front of everybody trying to bend over. Well, that's not good. People misinterpret. They think you're weak. They see an opportunity. They're my friends, a lot of them, but they're also fucking jackals. In a perfect world, I just relax. I don't think whatever the fuck they want. Act as if. As if you're not feeling vulnerable. As if you're the same old Anthony. Strong, I'm sure, decisive. People see only what you allow them to see. Yeah, I've been thinking the same thing. Thanks for the advice. Glad to be of service. Literally shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, at what point does Melfi just forget that when you tell him to do tough guy stuff, it means violence? Mm-hmm. Like, it, right. She's just also the the tone. If my therapist talked to me like that, I'd be like, "What are you? What is wrong with you? What's going on? Why are <laughs> yeah. what is, 
what is this condescending like well you know what to do yeah Fuck you I, I mean i think it's supposed to display that like she's just sitting there like listening to his shit and listening to him not address like the issue mm-hmm. which is that he was shot by his crazy ass uncle yeah. and so she, you know her 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 vibe has been oh what do you want to talk about then let's just <laughs> let's do all the things you want to do and so maybe that's causing her to be a little bit more i don't know uh out to lunch about some of the advice that he that she's given him but it's terrible advice because he looks at that and goes you're right. I should act as if I am not vulnerable mm-hmm. and pick a fight with the biggest, most beautiful man. Yeah. And uh, he first shows up in that scene, by the way, uh, before he beats up Muscles Marinara. Um, like you said, he shows up and he watches Bobby slam dunk and he's watch. He's looking at Polly's muscles mm-hmm. and you can tell he's sizing people up and it is um, it's very homoerotic. Well, also yeah. feeling uh f- like feeling shamed by Polly's <laughs> by Polly's muscles is just hilarious <laughs> on the face of it like yeah. i can't believe i can- man i wish i could dunk as well as bobby bacala <laughs> and uh have have nice arms like Polly walnuts yeah i mean he's got a low bar um but you know i think he's also he is also trying to be like he's doing the calculus of who could I beat the shit out of where I would get the most respect mm-hmm. and I could gain back some of that, you know, I don't know, tough guy mystique With that the I've least now lost. Consequences. Cause like he knows, yeah, he knows that Perry and can't really fight back. Yeah, right. He's not a made and, man also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You gotta be, if you're made, there's different rules. You can't, you can't just hit people. And it's Tony just, hit Ralphie once. It's just a shame. Out. Cause they had such a beautiful relationship building there. He gave him like three really solid nicknames. Uh, yeah, like it seems yeah. like a waste to waste that many good nicknames, you know? Yeah, it's too yeah. bad. But you know, he doesn't kill him. He just beats him up over some bullshit, and that bullshit is slamming the refrigerator door, which uh, I <laughs> which I he just made up. Yeah. <laughs> What's your fucking problem? Huh? What the fuck is your problem? Slamming the goddamn refrigerator door. What? No. What, are you going to argue with me now? I didn't even open the refrigerator. The Coke was out on the counter. So you are going to argue with me? Huh? You fucking mutt. Look, Tony, I don't want to... You don't want to what? You don't want to what? This fucking guy, huh? Fucking Philadelphia lawyer. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! My arm! What's that, huh? You got anything else to say? Five stars. Um, what what does Philadelphia lawyer mean? It, it just randomly calling him gay. He's calling him gay, right? <laughs> oh, is that He's, it? <laughs> I think. I, am I am I wrong about this, Vince? What is Philadelphia lawyer? What, what was, was that? What happened? Say what, what was the? He, he says 
right he calls him he fights him he calls he him fucking philadelphia, fucking philadelphia lawyer. lawyer yeah i don't i don't even know what that yeah i don't i, I, don't know I, what that I can is. my assumption was he called him a fucking philadelphia lawyer because he has a a vague memory of the movie philadelphia <laughs> in yeah. which uh tom hanks plays a lawyer who's gay and has aids and he just you know he does the thing that you do when you're like i want to ensure a fight happens mm-hmm. and as you call someone in the mafia gay mm-hmm. and uh in so the I- most roundabout possible <laughs> yeah, I mean- way there's no way perry annunziata has seen philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of like him going, "What? I haven't. I don't know what that." And then getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it. I didn't see it. You Does can he, call me. In. You saying I'm Denzel Washington? Yeah. Does he, he slam a refrigerator door? I don't know the <laughs> reference. I don't. I haven't seen it. I saw Forrest Gump. That's a good one. But yeah, he beats the shit out of him. Uh, calls him a Philadelphia lawyer. Uh, and then he proceeds to run to the bathroom to vomit bile and blood, which I I loved because, um, you know, it was it's like, I don't know, the, the, the practical effects of making him vomit up pink stuff, I thought was like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, it's that also was a, just like a perfect distillation of the thesis of the show, which is like, yeah. Yeah, if you really want to be a fucking tough guy, it's going to damage your internal organs irre- yes. like and your brain like irreparably. Like this yeah. is the price you have to pay if you want to be the toughest guy in the room. Yeah. As soon as everyone leaves the room, you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, you vomit pink shit. <laughs> yeah. And I love it cuz he vomits and then he goes to the mirror and he's like cleaning his mouth and he looks and he's like he gives this like grin and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah that'll show him. Oh, no, another. And then he vomits again. Uh, that's it was very good. Um, speaking of uh, Philadelphia lawyers, um, the last storyline that we got to cover <laughs> in this episode is the uh, continuing saga of uh, Vito the Fanuc, yeah. uh, who has been leading a secret gay life. Some mafia um, guys are making a collection down at the gay bar. Uh, and they yeah. notice that Vito is also trying to make a collection of some cum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Vito, um, and, and throughout this episode, you've got Vito kind of like, <laughs> I just, I mean, just the sight gag of <laughs> like all these like hot gay men who are like ripped or they're like mm-hmm. leather daddies or they got like hairy chests. And then you got big fat <laughs> <laughs> big fat Vito in there with a cowboy hat being like, yeah, I like this stuff too, guys. Hey. He's also yeah. wearing like a turtleneck kind of a thing. <laughs> He's wearing uh, a policeman's leather daddy outfit. Yeah. Um, and like... Uh, he's got like a chain that he's holding that's around someone else's neck. It's he, funny because he sticks out like a sore thumb and he looks like a thumb. So yeah. it's like well, he's, he's he's like the fat kid sticking. wearing his shirt at the pool, but like for yeah. the gay version of that. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the gay so leather true. version of that. And and it's kind of like uh, do, they, do you have any chaps with more coverage? Uh, I got a couple problem yeah, area yeah. areas yeah, that I would yeah. like people to not focus on. So I've much. got a I got a fupa going on here, and uh, it do is. Do you have any uh, spanks built into chaps? <laughs> like a spanks chaps hybrid? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so I mean, him dancing 
with that man uh, kind of mirrors a previous scene in which um, Vito is slow dancing with his wife and just miserable. Miserable. Like, and then he's, he's, he looks so happy in that club. He's yes. doing great face acting. He looks truly full of joy in that yeah. moment. Yeah. It's well, great. We also still can't tell whether he wants to fuck Finn or kill Finn. Like, it's still... Yeah. <laughs> Like, is he I horny think, for him or is he trying to intimidate him into not talking about it ever? I can't I tell. I think he's oh. trying to intimidate him. Yeah. And he's also like, wouldn't mind fucking Finn because yeah. look at him. You know, he's, yeah. he's a good looking. He's a good looking dude. Um, but yeah, like he he clearly is miserable in in the wedding part of this episode. During the vows, he's like his wife is holding his hand and he's just like, I don't know, Marie, I like boys, you know, and it's sad mm-hmm. for him. Meanwhile, um, the entire episode, he also, uh, in his previous scenes, is just making tons of money. Like, he's such a good earner, that, the, and they keep driving that point home. Even in the card game, uh, at one point, they're like, oh, Vito wins it again. Because, like, Vito is just, like, he's, he's good. He's a good earner. He can win the good card earner. games. He gets, like, some, you know, government contract or something, municipal pool or some yeah, shit. He gives well, he's Tony got an a- envelope at the wedding. Yeah, he's got to be a little more clever because he's like has to be in the mafia while being gay. So he's got to, you know, yeah, like he, yeah, he has learned how to do guile better than any of these guys, better mm-hmm. than all of them. Like, he's surviving on multiple levels here. And uh, and it's all well and good until he gets caught. And um, and I have that clip. Vito, what the fuck? Sal, hey, fuck you doing? Nothing. It- I was here. It's, it's a joke. You're a fucking fag? Watch it, buddy. You fucking watch it, cupcake. Guys, come on. It's okay. You think so? Sal, please. It's a fucking joke. Right. Sure. Say hi to your wife. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm. Sal, please. Don't say nothing, Sal. I kind of wish. Jerks. What do you care with? I kind of wish that those guys had gotten beat up by a bunch of buff gay men because I think that would have—that's what would have happened in real life. Like funny. if you go into like a bar full of like jacked gay dudes and start like throwing around f bombs like that. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like um, Vito's first move would have been follow them out to the car and murder them. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think he's got his gun with him. Also, he's not a fast walker. But it's it, why doesn't he have his gun with him? He's dressed like a police officer. Like it's part <laughs> of the outfit. True. That's true. Like it really would have worked out. Um, Just trying to kill a guy with nipple clamps somehow. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, just suck their dick to death. But I mean, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So he gets caught, and he's got that excuse of oh, what? It's a joke. It's a like joke. Yeah. When you're when you're fully caught, it reminds me of one time my sister caught me masturbating. <laughs> I was lying down in the bathroom, like on my back on the bathroom floor, just just jerking off. And she walked in. On your and back? All, oh, I was on my back. Hold on. I was, <laughs> the bathroom like prone? Like you jacked off? Were you jacking off in the prone? No, no. Not prone, like on my stomach. I was on my back. Is that prone too? I don't know. That's a good question. I was but flat why, on my back. Why, why were a, you flat on your back? Because at that point in my life, that was the only way I masturbated. <laughs> I only knew how to do it. You lie you're down really, and then... You're like 6'6". Six, six. You need like a really long room for that. I wasn't 6'6 yeah. six, six then. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, I was, it was, I was like in seventh grade or something. Uh, and my sister walked <laughs> Knocking in. Knocking over lamps. 
<laughs> just knocking over lamps trying to lay down so you could jerk off. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was trying to make room at friends' houses. No, but uh, like, so I'm jacking off. I'm on the bathroom floor on my back, and uh, my sister walks in, and all I could say, I just was like, "It's not what it looks like." And then she, and she walked out. Because <laughs> that was all I could. It wasn't me. Because I didn't. Yeah, I, it wasn't me. Oh, I was jerking off, laying on the bathroom floor. Um, but yeah, and it, like in that moment, she caught me it, jerking it, on the sofa. <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, but like in that moment, all he could think of is like, I'm doing a bit like there's yeah. no, there's nothing. He hasn't, you know, wasn't there, there was like a bad Mark Wahlberg movie where like one of the only funny parts was him talking about how he like learned ballet to make fun of the kid who was doing ballet. Like he learned ballet. Oh, the to, other guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was another yeah. guy. Okay. That wasn't yeah, a bad movie. Sorry. I thought it was one of his worst movies, but yeah, no, was a great the, one. the joke was that he learned how to do do ballet to make fun of the kid who was doing ballet and now he's really good at ballet. That was a good mm-hmm. joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great it's a it's a great joke. Like, um, no, guys, I'm doing a bit. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like it, for him he is I mean, you can't get caught more red-handed other than fucking getting caught with it you know having sex with, with a, a dude with another man's chain in your hand. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> honestly. A, tough one to talk your way out of it's really hard so he he uh he goes home he hold on real quick because that clip it cut off right before one of my favorite line reads uh because the guy's like forget those guys who cares and Vito just goes what leave me the fuck alone (laughs) like he completely snaps back into mobster mode it reminded me of like if you've ever like done mushrooms and then like happen to like look at your phone and you get a work email that's what it reminded (laughs) me of (laughs) that shift of like i i'm like enjoy experiencing pure joy and then like ugh, my fucking life that i don't want to deal with get out of here yeah no, it's it's uh, it, I do have the rest of that clip. It's those jerks. What do you care what they think? What? Leave me the fuck alone. It's it is really it's it's it, because he's like he's literally telling him like don't worry about it, and the, and Vito <laughs> is in his mind going, do I murder them? Do I run? Yeah. Do I murder like- them? Do I run? He's already forgot that this guy exists, and this guy's right. like, "Come on, just have a good time. Like, go, yeah. shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut up. Uh, and yeah, so he goes home. He pods himself a gun, and uh, <laughs> he kisses his wife uh, Marie, and is like, "Hey, I'm just, I'm gonna go run away." And then he uh, he checks into a motel room, uh, and that song plays that was in I think the previous episode. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen them do a song twice. Um, uh and he calls sill to check in at two in the morning to be like hey what do you know what do you say and um you haven't heard anything cool. about me have you yeah <laughs> have you yeah so things are good you haven't like heard about Mingy dancing like a leather daddy police officer and maybe possibly sucking a dick no okay <laughs> moving on bada bing and uh yeah so he hides out and uh sack is back in jail and tony is just beating up a a younger hotter man and that is how the episode ends um real quick do we have a favorite or least favorite or something that absolutely we forgot Mm -hmm. 
Well, I don't know if we for, we forgot about it, but the line "Even Cinderella didn't cry" was uh, yeah, that was that was magical to me. And then uh, least favorite, I still I cannot buy Bobby Bacala dunking a basketball. Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is fair. Uh, Brent, do you have a favorite least favorite? I got a couple cover? things I want to point out. One, the scene where uh, Tony is telling Christopher mm-hmm. that he's promised to Johnny at this wedding to, to kill yeah. <laughs> Rusty and, and Christopher, Christopher's like beautiful dumb guy logic of like, wait a minute, that's backwards. It's his daughter's wedding. He has to do you a favor. And so he's like, well, I, I didn't ask. And he's like, well, why didn't you ask to not kill him as your yeah. favorite? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah. Um, that, that is then, fucking great. The other thing uh, is the the strip club scene. Okay, this got stuck in my brain, so I made a little clip. Oh um, yes. But when they're in the the strip club and the the Arab guys come to visit them, the song is some sort of weird Muzak version of My Humps. <laughs> yeah, it's a remix. <laughs> which is, it's so weird too because I that, then I went into a little like wormhole about it because the the that song came out in September of two thousand five. This episode came out in April of two thousand six. Yeah, and I I don't know what the production schedule is like, but it's like yeah. is this a coincidence? It, I I felt crazy. So yeah, I put together a little clip to just sort of like line the two songs up to see if everybody agrees that it is kind of the same. It is. Yeah, let's play it. Check Thanks. it out, Chris. You know how we could purchase a couple of Tech 9 semi-automatics extended magazines? Hold on. I drive these brothers crazy. Ooh. I do it on the daily. It's a family problem. My former brother-in-law, actually. She's got me spinning. Ooh. Spending all your money on me, on me, on me. Our friend from the other place, he talked to the guy? She's got me spinning. I mean... Ooh. It's got. It's got to be. I. I thought the whole time I was like, this must be uh, as some sort of remix of my humps. Very I strange. Think, it. Yeah. Uh, someone who knows more about music than me can weigh in here, but I. I like. I think that might have been like a musical phrase and something else that they were referencing in my humps. Like it, maybe it's a. Yeah, that's usually right. the case. Yeah. It was a sample. And, it was probably a sample. And or like they didn't want to spend the money for the rights to it, so they got like a weird sound alike jump jump version of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's possible too. It's possible. I just remember being like, what is this version of my humps and why would you make a version like this? Right. Um yeah. Not not very not very sexy, but at the same time, there was a lot of titties in that scene. And that 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 is a, a weird aside that is kind of like an arc throughout this season where there's these two Arab characters who hang out at the Bing and they do business with Chrissy. Um, and they ask for some Tech 9 semi-automatics for a family problem. And that's the only time you see them in this episode. But it's clear that there's going to be this weird, like, terrorism angle mm-hmm. or something that's going to happen well because at the um, time like the fbi had switched their focus basically from the mafia to all to being all to the war on terror stuff. yeah yeah um so yeah my uh favorite least favorite just real quick um i very much enjoyed just this little aside to aj during um johnny sack's wedding uh in which um 
uh, Tony mentions, uh, or they talk about how much this wedding costs and how great this wedding was. And Tony tells him, like, hey, if you're interested in event planning, you should take some notes from him. And he goes, event planning? Where the fuck do you guys get this shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the idea that they've been living with this concept of AJ as, like, well, he wants to be an event planner, which is something they made up entirely. Well, was something because... that he probably said in passing, like, as a... Yeah. Well, as one he of was, his like, bullsh- planning a party. One of his bullshit excuses uh, of, of, like, what he was going to do with his life uh, that True, he probably forgot yeah. as soon as he said it. Right, yeah. It's like, where did you get that from? Probably from you one time when you were trying to be left alone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I would say um, the real gangster of this episode, um, uh, the feds or masculinity. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the masculinity, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, if I had to rate this episode and I could give it any rating, I think uh, solid B+. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, tough choice, but I'm going to have to go with solid B+. Okay, all right, that's fair. And Brent Flyberg, what would you give this episode? I I prepared a, a detailed rubric. I'm not going to get into it specifically, but I gave various things a, a rating out of ten, including fair. performances, writing, music. Uh, it averaged out to 87, which I would call a solid B plus. Oh, that's 8. solid B plus. I should say. Okay, all right. Well, there we go. Solid B plus episode of The Sopranos, and I think a solid. Triple A plus of pod yourself a gun. Brent Flyberg, thank you wait, so much. Wait, wait, for... wait, 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 wait. We got a voicemail. Oh, I know. I was going to get there. I was okay, going to thank sorry, him first. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, it's fine. Hey, Brent Flyberg, thank you so much for coming on the pod yourself a gun and talking about You're welcome. And, and thanks. Thanks for doing it so that I could be on it and work on it and have all this fun. Yeah, with man. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, Vince. Do we have like a, a voicemail? We did. This one piqued my interest because, you know, it's a story about uh, a cast member, which I'm surprised that we have not gotten more of. Uh, okay. I haven't listened to it, but. Uh, the, how how the, long is it? It's uh, one minute. Okay. I have to piss so bad I think I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> Can you just give me a second, guys? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Podcast. All right, where were we? We got a voicemail. All right, let's listen to it. Hey, this is Mike from PA. Um, I just have a story about uh, the guy that played AJ Soprano. Um, sorry, I've been waiting a while. Uh, I haven't called in. Should have called in a while ago with this one, but uh, when I was uh, my first year in college, um, I was home for a break and. You can we tell he's from PA. Going to go. I was home. Yeah, that's right. He was—he's the mayor of Easttown. <laughs> Maybe is this, you think this is the mayor? It could be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the, it's the mayor. Mayor. We were going to go meet a friend of ours who went to college in New York at NYU, and uh, the story was that we were going to buy an ounce of mushrooms from the guy who plays AJ Soprano. Uh, <laughs> When we got up there, um, he was there, but he couldn't get the mushrooms. Uh, so we just got high and hung out. 
But, uh, so, yeah, that's my story about AJ Soprano, whatever, the, I forget the guy's name. Anyway, all right, thanks, guys. <laughs> that's perfect. That's incredible. That's wonderful. I love it. Like... We were going to get mushrooms from AJ, but then we showed up and he was like, oh, fuck, dude, I couldn't get them. <laughs> Do you guys, guys want to hang out? <laughs> oh, thank you, Mike from PA. The Mike of Easttown. I like to um, think that anybody who went to college on the Eastern Seaboard in the mid-aughts has like a weird story about one of the cast members of The Sopranos. Yeah, I would hope so, man. I hope we all... We we want more stories um, from any of you if you have ever at any point had a run. In. I was supposed to buy an air conditioning unit from uh, Finn, <laughs> but uh, it turns out it turns out it sucked. But, I didn't buy it, so you know. Yeah. Anyway, we just hung out though. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. patreoncom slash uh, for all of the bonus episodes of the Fraudcast, which is just this podcast, but talking about other things. Um, and you can spend $8 a month. And it's like I took two weeks off and I'm, I don't remember how to do this anymore. Uh, you can, $8 a month gets you a shout out. And uh, Vince, we have a few new oh, shout outs damn. for you. I didn't, whew, I didn't prepare, but I'll do my best. Okay, so the first one is Johnny Nafe. Johnny Nafe? N-A-I-F-E? Johnny Nafe, that's already a mobster name. He's already got it. <laughs> hey, it's Johnny Nafe. Uh, yeah, like the the, the knife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You gotta... All right, fine. Uh, we're calling him the knife. Uh, and uh, Thomas Johnston. Oh, Thomas Johnson. We call him... Uh, we... <laughs> We call him Tommy the Sink Engine. <laughs> Tommy the Tommy the Saint Bernard, you know, because right. he's always he's drooling. All right, he's always fine. drooling. He's carrying around a thing of toilet paper. It's crazy. Yeah. Yup. 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 Sure. Uh, Tim Keck is the next one. What? What am I supposed to do with that? Uh, Tim. Tim Keck. Tim. T I M. Keck, K-E-C-K. Like Kekistan? Like this, we call this guy Reddit. Yeah, all right. That's, that's good. <laughs> there we go. All right. Next is Paul Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> that's not real. Come yeah, on. That's that's the name. Yeah, we call this we call this guy uh, we call this guy late night because you know because <laughs> yeah, no, of yeah, the thing you know you know why we call him that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. Lastly, our uh, a new twenty dollar donor, um, which is just wonderful. Um, I think it's pronounced Siobhan. It's C O Bahan. Is that right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's Siobhan. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Siobhan O'Connell. Siobhan O'Connell. Oh, <laughs> she's gonna have to go and fight her da. Uh, <laughs> go the lady who fights her da. We call her. We call her. Uh, you know. We call her Shamrock Shake. Jesus doesn't like it when you drink milkshakes not made of shamrocks. Grain milkshake. Jesus doesn't like it when you drink grain shakes. Yeah, does not like the grain shakes. Only likes pure white shakes. 
or a chocolate <laughs> shake, but you make it get on that goddamn shower. I'm sorry, I'm losing steam. I, I could have called her uh, Pinky, but you know, we're, this is not a succession podcast. So. It's not. Yeah. It is not a succession podcast. Yeah, so uh, that is this week's $8 pod yourself a shout out tier on patreon.com slash broadcast. So please join us on the Patreon. Get the $8 tier. Get your shout out. Be part of the family. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Now TV, it's HBO, season six of Sopranos, it's a wedding episode. I'll judge a louse like to go free, to see Allegra get married. But right as she's about to leave, the feds take Johnny early. You lied to me. The judge said I had till 1040. You lied to me. Johnny tried, Johnny tried. In front of my family, the feds arrest me. Is you and almost fans Worried that he looks so weak He beats up his new employee Vito finally gets caught For all the nasty things he's done Tries to say it was a joke But then he goes home and grabs his gun You lied to me All of those times you claimed that you like girls
Sketchfest.com uh, uh, Get your tickets now Before they sell out um, I hope it sells out We're gonna do like a live song We're gonna talk about Well That is to be decided But you'll see And it'll be fun <clears throat> And yeah you know, It'll be a good time Give us five stars in review On the iTunes store Tell your friends about the the show probably sick man this this track goes on for a while here we go Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.